Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right now. Realizing I watched a lot of uh, television with the youngsters back in the day. How about that? I'll say it again. That cab driver in Bucherrios, Mexico, when he said, Senor, your Espanol's mucho bueno. Why is that? I said, uh, Dora the Explorer. That's right. <laughs> Learn so much Spanish. I got to brush up on my Spanish, though. <laughs> yes, you do. Come estas. Una más, por favor. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Es hola. Buenos dias, amigos. Una más, por favor. Welcome to the RP Show. Happy Monday. We're ready to rock and roll. Hope you had a great weekend. We certainly did. Here in paradise, ready to talk sports and just crack the lid. On a brand new week. Yeah, I'm here. Moose is in the Toronto studio and he joins us. I was going to crack out the sober carpenter, Moose, but I thought, eh, we'll wait till at least midweek, maybe later in the week, to down our official text line sponsors, Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers. I love them so much. 902-518-3033 reaches us right in the studio. I have that exact can display right there in the fridge. And I was going to put him right over my shoulder, and I thought, ah, I'll just wait for the week. I had a great weekend, as you can tell, and I'm ready to talk some sports for the next two hours. Why don't you tell me what's going on in your world before we really get serious here? Awesome. Uh, life is good. I mean, uh, it was a great weekend here, too. Full of uh, football, mostly, little hockey. Um, is awesome. So uh, uh, excited to get back on the air this morning and uh, this afternoon, I guess, and start talking about it. Mm. Yes, absolutely. I will tell you that the guests coming up on the program today are Cody Fajardo from the Great Cup champion Montreal Alouettes. And I want to say to our radio listeners in the state of Georgia on WQEE, it was last year, some were texting into the text line saying, it was Marietta, Georgia specifically, saying they're big fans of Cody Fajardo. Well, we got him today, the Brea California product. So get your questions ready. And I'm staying away from the YouTube chat because this is the warm-up here right now. I don't want to get distracted. Tori Gurley will join us from Columbia, South Carolina a little later on. And Jim Lang, Canada's foremost NFL expert, because we do have breaking news as we lift the lid on this brand new week. And I was hoping to save it, but I, I just that's what we love about daytime sports talk. Breaking news. It's not replayed. You know, the sports highlights over and over and over and over like the other networks. The breaking news today is that the Carolina Panthers have fired their head coach, Frank Reich, after a 1-10 and 10 start. It's, it's later on here, Moose, in the uh, warm-up. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Director Jordan, we'll go from there. We'll start. 
about that? We call it over... Call it overreaction Monday for a reason, and we're going to tweak things here a little bit. We don't want to get stale here on you. I'm pretty sure that we won't. But I'm going to come up with six somewhat outlandish statements, and I want you, Darren, in the audience, the Rod Squad, to tell me if it's an overreaction or if it's just right. So we'll start with the NFL and the game that I think a lot of us were riveted to. Uh, certainly I was. In Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts scored the winning touchdown on a quarterback draw with 2.37 to go in overtime. And the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Buffalo Bills 37-34 on a cold, rainy Sunday. I talked to Joe Lozito, the biggest Bills fan I know. And I know a lot of Bills fans. I said, how are you on this, Joe? And he's like, yeah, we went toe-to-toe with him. We went toe-to-toe with him. So he was happy with the effort. The Eagles are the first 10-win team in the NFL. My takeaway and my bold statement comes from this game. Xavier McKinney's interception set up Randy Bullock's go-ahead 42-yard field goal midway through the fourth quarter. And the New York Giants beat New England 10-7 to win consecutive games for the first time this season. Bailey Zapp took over at quarterback for Mac Jones as he has several times this season. Is it Zapp? Or Zappy. I can never remember. I, I know he played zappy. at Western Kentucky. Zappy? Okay. I know he played at Western Kentucky. They played in the Boca Bowl here two years ago. I can never remember. Zappy finished 9 of 14 for 54 yards and an interception. Mac Jones was 12 of 21 for 89 yards and two picks. So listen, our outlandish overreactions are going to cover the National Football League, the National Hockey League, U Sports, college football. And NFL again. So I got them all here. But my first is this. Bill Belichick needs to be fired. Overreaction or not. And can I just say this? I kind of like that they're waiting to the end of the year. I think the six Super Bowls under Belichick's watch has earned him that. But with Robert Kraft and them, they're bad. This is the, they're two and, two and nine. This is the worst two-game stretch in Kraft's tenure which predates Bella Belichick, goes way back to 94. Uh, he needs to go now. But they're going to wait till the year. Overreaction or not? Not an overreaction. I'm, I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't think that the Patriots are going to be able to fix this the way everything is set up currently. I've long you know, said on this show that I think you need to get rid of the GM duties and let them just focus on coaching first. That would be the, the bridge. But the more this season goes the wrong way, the more I think that the Patriots just need to move on. And it's not that, you know, I don't know that Bill Belichick is a bad coach, but this is, it's just over in, in New England. And you need a new era. When you have Belichick still there, it's still the old Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. You're still thinking about that. You need to start fresh, so not an overreaction. We're like a third of the way through the warm-up already, and we're only on the first point. But here's the thing. Most people, a lot of people, maybe yourself included, would look at Belichick and a lot of these NFL guys because the money now is just stupid. Stupid. When I was in Calgary for the last two years talking with hockey people, they were talking about how stupid the money is in the NHL now. Ridiculously stupid. In the NFL, it's exponentially more than that than it was in the NHL. Here's Belichick close to 70 or 70. He's up there. It's like, what are you still coaching for? You're being embarrassed every Sunday. Why do you still want to do this? But 
it is ego. It's it's yeah. ego, and they don't know what else to do. I was talking to one of the order guys the other night when Edmonton was through here in Sunrise, and I said, what's Jay Woodcroft doing now? And they said, what every fired coach does, sitting at home collecting checks. But the thing is, they're not happy. You would think it would be, ha it would, it would be nice to do that, and I've done that, and I loved it. But before long, you start to think you need to get back doing what you're doing. But we're not 68! <laughs> like Belichick. What are you doing, guy? Shut it down! But nope, can't walk off the field that way. And I get that from so many fired coaches. I don't want the last image to be me walking off the field a loser or fired by that idiot. I get it all the time from the coaches. And I'm like, you know what? The sooner you get over that, the sooner you'll have a happy life. So that is the one overreaction. Bill Belichick needs to go. Moose agrees. I'll say it again. Oilers knee-jerk reaction with Jay Woodcroft. I thought that was too soon. And if it was anybody but Belichick, he'd have been fired by now. Whoever the coach in New England was, if his name wasn't Bill Belichick, he'd be gone. Yeah. Point two, Connor McDavid had a goal and four assists to give him nine points in two games and help the Edmonton Oilers route the Anaheim Ducks 8-2 Sunday night. Zach Hyman had two goals and a helper. The Nuge, Evander Kane, James Hamlin, Leon Dreisaitl, and Matthias Ekholm also scored. And Stuart Skinner stopped 21 shots. The Oilers have won two in a row to improve to 7-12-1. Overreaction number two. The Edmonton Oilers have turned the corner and there's no looking back. And before you answer, that's our poll question today for our friends at Key Auto Group. At the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. And just so you know, 70% of respondents saying no, they haven't turned the corner. I'm going to say yes because, again, I'm voting with my heart and my head. I pray the Edmonton Orders have turned the corner because when the Orders sucked down here last Monday night, Serena didn't talk for two days. And I'm chasing her around going, was it me? Was it me? And she's like, no. The orders sucked. And I'm oh, my God. So I hope, I hope they've turned the corner. They're scoring all these goals. We watched them beat Washington 5-0 on Friday. And I'm like, save some of these goals. And she's like, no, get them all out. Go, go, score, score at will. So I'm going to say yes. How about you? It's an overreaction for me. And I'm going to say, no, they haven't turned the corner. But I'm going to say this. They are turning the corner. They're right in the intersection. And they're either going to blow down the freeway and, and get around the corner, or they're going to run into a brick wall. And I'll tell you if they've turned the corner on Tuesday when they play the Vegas Golden Knights, okay? That game on Tuesday against Vegas will signal to me if they've turned the corner or not. Okay. There are no wrong answers here today. We might look back, but probably won't, months from now and say, hey, on Monday, November 27th, you said, but now nobody will remember. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, point three, my next overreaction. Two Canadian clubs run action tonight among six NHL games. The Calgary Flames open a six-game homestand against the reigning Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. And also tonight, the Ottawa Senators are hosting the Florida Panthers, featuring a Kachuk brother battle between Ottawa's Brady and Florida's 
Matthew is reading the game notes. I think this is the 19th all-time Kachuk battle. Uh, Matthew has all-time 18 points in games against his little brother. Brady has all-time 11, if that matters. That's my featured game of the night. But that here is my overreaction. The Flames will miss the playoffs. They're 8-10-3, two points out. Is that an overreaction or not? You're really coming in with the heat this morning, uh, this afternoon here. I know, right? I'm, I know, right? I'm going to say it's an overreaction. When you're that close to the playoffs, I don't think it's set in stone that they'll miss. But, man, um, <laughs> if you're in Calgary, put the, th- put the pumpkin pie away. There should be no leftovers still. <laughs> don't buy any Christmas chocolates. Because you need your heart in in tip-top shape because it's going to be like going all year long. Uh, This is not going to be a comfortable season for Calgary fans. Pumping the brakes for a second. Um, From the audience, Jim writes in from Belgoni, Sask. Sask, still our number one region for viewership. Jim Wagner says, says, take Bill to the train station. That is a metaphor for firing him, not killing him, not pushing him off the cliff. Herb in Melville says, good day, Rod, from snowy Sasky. That Michigan football game was unbelievable. Nobody in this country, 100,000 people for a college football game. Wolverine fan for many years. Hang on, we're getting there. I just want to go back on the Flames thing for a second. I'm not saying I'm not saying I think they'll miss the playoffs. I'm just saying that's a bold overreaction that a lot of people are very likely making. But if you go back and read my 10 things column from the weekend, I said if there's any team that's out of a playoff spot right now that could get in, a la what the Florida Panthers did last year, it's the Flames. Panthers would tell you they took until Christmas to get on to Paul, Ma- Paul Maurice's style and his systems. And I feel like the Flames might be the same thing. But, I mean, they lost in Colorado the other night, and I saw the score. I think it was 3-1, and I, I just saw the headlines. It's your term, headline readers. We're all headline readers now, and I'm one too. And it said, Flames play well, prove they can skate with Colorado in 3-1 loss. Oh, okay, we're not mad they lost then. Okay. <laughs> Moral victory. Yes. Um, we've got... NFL and CFL bold overreactions coming up after the break, but with the one more in this segment. Point four, quarterback Jonathan Senecal's second-half touchdown led the Montreal Carabins to a hard-fought 16-9 win over the University of British Columbia Thunderbirds in the Vanier Cup on Saturday afternoon. For those that don't know, that's the Canadian University Football Championship. And once again... The score was 16-9 for Montreal. Their defense didn't give up a touchdown. The unit allowed just seven field goals all playoffs in four games. Seven field goals, no touchdowns. They won the school's second national championship. The bold overreaction is this. They announced Saturday morning that Regina, Saskatchewan, the city where I was hatched, will host the 2025 Vanier Cup. Just the second time ever coming to Saskatchewan, this national championship. The bold overreaction is it'll be the greatest Vanier Cup ever. 
in 2025 because nobody throws a party like Regina, Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan overall, particularly sports and football parties. It'll be like a mini Grey Cup. It'll be the best ever. Overreaction or reality? I'm going to go reality. And that's just, you know, maybe that'll put yeah. pressure on the organizing committee. But let's go. Because it was awesome when it was in Saskatoon. I was there. Look, I know it was freezing cold, and they lost. Uh, the Huskies did. They were in the game. But it was awesome. Uh, the Rams might be in the game. They got a great young team uh, that's on the rise, and it's going to be a fun time. So I'm going to say, no, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And I uh, also want to take the opportunity to congratulate the Caravans. You brought it up. That's maybe the best defensive performance we've ever seen in university football. No touchdowns. They played Laval. They played Western. Uh, number one team in the country, and they played the UBC Thunderbirds. All good offenses and never allowed a touchdown. It's unbelievable. How about that? I was unable to find that? it on television. Used to be able to find it on television. CBC, TSN, they've all cracked down on pirating. So it is what it is, but I wasn't able to watch it. You said that you thought the announcers were in a studio in Toronto and not at the field. Mon Dieu, what has this industry come to? You, it sounded like that, or you know that, or both? Um, yeah, I'm led to believe that was the case. I don't know for certain, but it's only three hours down the road from, from Toronto, less, two and a half hours. Um, that's the industry, and it's tough. I, I, I don't love it. I don't love it. Well, of course, but you don't love it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Watching NHL Network yesterday, Chicago, St. Louis, they had a young gal who's called single digits of hockey games in her life off a monitor in New Jersey calling an NHL game. I'm like, what the hell has this industry come to? And you want to know why <laughs> I don't want to do that stuff anymore. It's a joke. Anyways, when we come back, our overreactions continue, and they include college football, Canadian Football League, NFL again. And we're not done with the NHL story. We'll be right back. We're live on the Game Plus television network across all of Canada and 31 U.S. states, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. RP Show continues. Gorgeous day in South Florida and a nice one to have the Panthers on the road, I'll tell you. They're at Ottawa tonight, beginning a little two-game Canadian swing. Three home games last week was awesome. We're ready for some home time tonight. And by the way, on our overreaction Monday and our poll question, combining the two, have the Edmonton Oilers turned the corner? Bomber boy in Calgary writes in and says, Happy Monday, RP and squad members. Ask me the poll question again when the oil are above 500. 
They've barely reached the corner, let alone turned one. All right. Okay, Moose is in Toronto, and let's go, Darren, with the topic that I know you want to get to, and a lot of our audience does too. That were you wearing that earlier? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, how did you? The know? comment came the in. Time for up. The time for upsets has come and gone with little chaos in college football and not much movement in the Associated Press Top 25 for much of the season. For the first time in more than 14 years, the same eight teams hold the same top eight spots in the poll for five straight weeks. Behind number one Georgia this week was Michigan, returning to number two, followed by Washington, Florida State, Oregon in the top five. Ohio State slipped at number six after losing to Michigan on Saturday. Number seven, Texas, and number eight, Alabama, held their spots. All eight are playoff contenders. Four are unbeaten. Four are 11 and one, and OSU will play in a conference. All but OSU will play, sorry, my bad, in a conference championship game next week. So before we get to the overreaction, which I think is a real fun one, college football was just insane. The last play of the Iron Bowl, however long that touchdown was in the left corner of the end zone, the Michigan game, you said you watched it with Leanne, as did I. I turned it on for the last four minutes. I'm like, this is all I need, baby. Yeah. It's insane. What a great Saturday of football. It was awesome. And all the games were close. When you get rivalry games late in the year, um, it was all close except Oregon, Oregon State. But, you know, Washington, Washington State ended up being close. Um, yeah, that last play, LSU and, and, um, and Alabama, I mean, I think it was a 31-yard touchdown on fourth down uh, to win the game late in that game. Unbelievable. Um, and then... Other games that we saw were crazy, didn't matter. But out here, the late game, really late game, was the Hawaii game. They scrambled to kick a game-winning field goal with no time on the clock. But the Ohio-Michigan game, one of the best, if not the best rivalry in, in college football, um, was awesome. 111,000 or just shy of it at the stadium. Um, biggest game in North America. And it came right down to the end. Ohio State had the ball with a chance to win it. And an interception late. It was back and forth. Oh, yeah. um, Harbaugh wasn't on the sideline. It was. It was. It was every bit as entertaining as you kind of thought it would be. Well, and we could sit here and kick around all kinds of things. I um, Harbaugh was suspended for three games, and the Blue never lost one game. Allie in Texarkana writes in and says, "Nice jacket, Moose." She's obviously a Michigan fan, or maybe she just likes the jacket. But again, why do we have coaches? Harbaugh gets right. suspended for three, and they win every game. But the thing that I kind of understand but kind of don't understand, and this is what's leading to my overreaction, is... And don't fall off your chair, everybody, when I say this bold overreaction, but there's more pressure in college football than the Canadian Football League. And people are like, wah, wah, wah. Well, of course, of course. And I'm just saying, but one's pro, and the other's not. Yet, for the coaches, it's basically professional. The coaches, it's a profession. And there's millions at stake. But all I've heard since Saturday is Ryan Day should be digging his own grave. He should be not coming out of his house. He should be embarrassed. They're 11-1. and one And lost on the last minute by a touchdown. Like, <laughs> it's the pressure. It's insane, and I don't totally understand it. They still have a chance to be in the final four, the college football playoff bracket. So why are they all dumping on him? Is it too much or am I missing something? 
It's so interesting to follow, and and I can't necessarily say it's too much because I don't know, you know, what that pressure cooker's like, you know, being up here in Canada. But I can kind of see it from the outside, and you're right. Like you've got um, Ohio State alumni that are sitting there saying, "Look, like we don't pay you to win 11 games; we pay you to beat Michigan." And I have trouble getting my mind around that. Like, like that is like saying Craig Dickinson. His job is safe because they beat Winnipeg in, in Labor Day. Like, we don't care about your season. We just want you to win Labor Day. You just We're only paying you to beat Winnipeg in September in that first weekend. And it's like he's 56-6 and six or something like that at his time in Ohio State. He was 11-0, lost by six points, and had a chance to win the game on Saturday. And he needs to be fired. Um, but that's the reality of the pressure cooker they're under. That one loss might have just cost Ohio State a chance at a national title. And they've lost to them three years in a row, their rival, and the school's embarrassed, and they can't get past it. Okay, well, Jerry, in watching in the Maritime, she says they have more on the line in a different way. Allie in Texarkana says college football is insanely competitive. And 38% of our viewers, I might add, are female, so it's not just male-driven television. Squirrel moment. I remember when, we, when I was with the Rough Riders, we did a um, survey on all of our social media channels. So this was five, six, seven years ago, maybe longer. And uh, of gender, of all the people that liked our Facebook page with the Rough Riders, which was like a half a million or whatever, it was 50-50 or 51-49, male-female. And we were frankly astounded at that then we sit back and go well wait a minute look at the crowd half the crowd's women <laughs> you know why would we be surprised yeah. by that so right yeah now. so uh so that's all uh, another thing it's a facetious question yes there's more pressure in college football than the cfl what i'm just slowly very slowly getting my mind around is this Back when I was voice of the Rough Riders, I used to roam through the halls of Taylor Field regularly, and I would see those coaches coming out of their office just <sighs> red as a tomato, steam and smoke literally coming out of their ears and their nose, and I'm like, Wee. and what you're telling me is college is exponentially more than that? And the NFL is probably far more than that? And, and, I, and I also get that because a lot of these guys are my friends, clearly, but the players, too, have come. There's a lot of guys like Ricky Williams who came to the CFL because he liked to smoke weed. He admitted it. Not a big deal. But there's other guys that came that like the four-hour workday of the CFL. Can't be there longer than four hours. And I've had a lot of NFL friends that have said that have played in both leagues and they're like, well, you're only supposed to be at the NFL facility for four as well, but if you're not there, at least... 10, they're probably going to cut your ass next week, or they're at least looking for a reason to get rid of you. And the pressure's immense. I, 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 I can't even imagine. And I'm not sure I even really want to understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay just watching it. I don't think I really want to know, which takes me to my next overreaction today. And listen up. The Carolina Panthers fired Coach Frank Reich today with the team off to an NFL worst 1-10 start. The move came a day after the Panthers fell 17-10 to your Tennessee Titans. 
for their fourth straight loss. They're now 0-6 on the road. Owner David Tepper hired Reich to fix one of the league's worst offenses over the past few seasons and develop Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, whom he gave up four draft picks and top wide receiver D.J. Moore to acquire this past offseason in the hopes of winning multiple Super Bowls. Instead, the Panthers are insured of a sixth straight losing season since Tepper bought the team back in 2018 for $2.275 billion. Special teams coordinator Chris Tabor was named interim coach. I didn't necessarily come up with this. I'm stealing it, but the overreaction is this. The Carolina Panthers blew it, taking Bryce Young number one overall over C.J. Stroud in the draft. Because if you remember, and I'm a Bryce Young guy because Alabama's my team. I was always going to. That's why I don't scout. That's why I'm not in management. I can't separate the two. I've said it a million times. Did they blow it? Or would C.J. Straub be struggling in Carolina just like Bryce Young is? What's your answer? It's not an overreaction. Um, I think they blew it, but I don't think, I don't think they blew it taking um, Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. I think they blew it, Rod, giving up all that assets to get the number one pick when they're going to be bad anyways. I would rather have that pick, which, by the way, that pick right now is slated to be the first overall pick in this coming year's draft, where you could get Caleb Williams out of USC, which I'd be far more happier about having him as my starting quarterback than probably Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And I know C.J.'s played really well in, in Houston. It might be up for the MVP. I think they blew it giving up all that draft capital and missing out on Caleb Williams next year. Well, I think the MVP is going to go to Dakota Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Just putting that out there. We can give C.J. Stroud the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, and everybody would be okay with that. And I would be interested to see where the Texans, obviously where they finished. They were a missed field goal away from potentially beating the Jaguars yesterday at Energy Stadium in Houston. What a wonderful facility. Uh, and coach of the year. I can't even say the Texans head coach's name. What is it, Medico or Medico? Where'd this guy come from? But again, that's why we sit here and we're not in management roles of teams. I don't want to be. It's, it's a hell of a story. Um, Bill Edwards writes in. He is watching in the Queen City. And he says, uh, U.S. college football is such a big moneymaker. That way there's so much pressure. And that's the thing. Man, <laughs> or as my college, or my football friend Cooper from Mississippi. Well, we're about due for a chat, right, Cooper? He watches every day Mississippi. Rod, here's the thing. <laughs> That's, I got to put him on speakerphone and you could listen to him sometime. Yeah. Uh, it is about the money. It is about the money. And some, I talk with this, these coaches. All, some guys are dying to be in the CFL because they want to coach pro. And some guys are dying to work in college because the money is a lot better. There's really no security in either. Let's just put that out there and be clear about it. And I, again, I don't know why they want to do it. And I don't think the NHL is a whole lot different. But again, the pressure is exponentially more in college than the Canadian Football League, which a lot of people wouldn't get because one's pro and the other is not. Do we have Cody ready to go? Clark? We, we, don't, have, we don't have Cody yet? Okay. You sent him a link, did you not? 
There you go. He's logging in. Cody Fajardo next. Moose, I'll see you in hour two. You bet. See you then. The MVP of the 2023 Grey Cup joins us next of the Montreal Alouettes, Cody Fajardo. We're live on the Game Plus television network across all of Canada and 31 U.S. states. Also on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Call overreaction Monday. We've given you quite a few overreactions. One of those is that the Edmonton Oilers have turned the corner. Have they? That's the poll question for Key Auto Group. 70% of you saying, no, they haven't. But it's not an overreaction that Cody Fajardo is the MVP of the Grey Cup. And uh, he's a winner all the way, as John Frenzy likes to say. Cody joins us today just over a week after winning the whole big prize. Cody, how you doing, man? Congratulations. Way to go. And what's life like being you these days? Uh, I can't complain. It's been uh, a wild week and a half to say. And uh, the little guy is still trying to catch up on some sleep. We kind of put him through the ringer there. but be back here and home and getting back into our routine. Uh, every time I hear Great Cup, you know, champ, Great Cup MVP, it always brings a smile to my face. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the hard work, it, uh, it's all worth it now. Your voice is gone, as was Sean Lemons when he was on last week. What the hell did you guys do over the last week? You killed yourself. <laughs> what didn't we do over the last week? Yeah, you know, uh, for me, the entire playoffs, my voice was gone. Uh, just louder crowds. You just got to scream louder. Uh, a couple uh, impromptu speeches I'm sure everybody's aware of where uh, you, you lose your voice a little bit. But uh, I think the lack of sleep, you know, over the course of Sunday going into Monday, I slept 40 minutes. But uh, I, I soaked up every minute of that Great Cup celebration and winning it. It's, uh, it's not every year you get the opportunity just to be in the Great Cup, but to win it. Uh, I've been in the league going on nine years next year. And won two great cups and you think it comes every year in a nine-team league and it doesn't you got to work your tail off to get there and so when you do win and you hoist it over your head especially when nobody expected you to uh, you celebrate a little bit harder okay man now we're getting into it i'll be honest with you and i am honest with you just like you're honest with me you made it look easy you didn't act no crack at all going into this great cup but it's a great cup it's your first ever start in one um how was your sleep the night before and the rousing speech you gave uh, what was that all like yeah you know uh, honestly it wasn't as crazy as i thought the week leading up to it obviously with all the anticipation all the hype all the media attention um that was a bit overwhelming in terms of just scheduling and you get out of your routine where it's just not show up to work, watch your film, go home. There was a lot of things that you had to do outside of just football, but that was all part of the show. And, and the CFL puts on such a great show, especially the Great Cup week. But in terms of the game, at the end of the day, you know, a couple of people I re reached out to, they just said, you know, it's football. You've been doing this your whole life. And people I respect really highly that uh, just told me go out there, enjoy the moment. And so I try to not put too much pressure on myself and the team and Leading up into the week, everybody wanted to talk about our defense and special teams, rightfully so after the Eastern final, the way that they performed. So there was no pressure on me. There's no pressure on the offense. Uh, but we knew, and it, uh, Coach Moss actually shared with our offense, he said, you know, I just have a crazy feeling that our offense is going to have a great showing out there. 
Uh, I felt really good about the game plan. I thought we were uh, methodical in the way that the coaches brought in the game plan. There was calculated shots. There was quick game. There was stuff to get my uh, the ball out of my hand quickly. And then obviously establishing a run game. Uh, all the all the woes and all the negative games against Winnipeg, you know, you, you trade them all in to, to be able to beat them uh, in the Great Cup. It was all all worth it in the end. Robert from Las Vegas writes in. He says, as a devastated Bomber fan, I'm happy for you, Cody. Allie in Texarkana, Texas, she says, death, taxes, and Cody Fajardo winning. I love when Rod says that. Uh, Nelson says, where did that F you just watch speech come from, Cody? Was that boiled over? Was that boiled over frustration? How do you know as a leader when to deliver a speech like that? You know, I'm not the biggest vocal guy, and especially when you sign to a new team, the, my biggest goal this year was just to go out there and play and have the guys on the on the team just watch how I go to work every day, my consistency, my discipline, and, and earn the respect that way. I didn't want to come in and talk. Obviously, I would talk to the offense and the receivers, but uh, Coach Moss on day three, he said, if anybody wants to have the floor, day four, we're going to open it up. And so I was thinking the night before, like, should I talk, should I not talk? And I was thinking... Well, if I want to get everyone's attention, I'm going to have to do a couple things that I normally don't do. One, it's yell and scream, and two, uh, use some profanity. And uh, the guys loved it, and the guys were fired up. The amount of tears and chills and people saying that they're ready to play that day, it was all worth it uh, in the end, but um, super exciting. You know, what's been crazy over the last couple of days is the amount of Ryder fans that have reached out and just uh, continue to support me, even though I'm not in the green and white. That, that meant a lot to me and my wife and my family. Uh, the Argo fans that have reached out, the BC Lions fans that have reached out, and even the Winnipeg fans, probably the fan base that's been the hardest on me over the last four years. Um, there was a handful of them that reached out and were just extremely excited to see me hoisting a trophy over my head. And so it just goes to show that uh, I was doing something right and being able to connect and make and build relationships and inspire people. And, and that's those are the things that I, I, um, I enjoyed the most was hearing from people that I just totally didn't expect to hear from. <sighs> I'm getting goosebumps as you say that. I'm not joking, man. Um, Shane, Shane, one of our sponsors from Deer Valley says, congrats, Cody, always a fan. Uh, so big win at, on the, and the MVP award. Deer Valley Golf and Estates, that is. Um, I'll be honest, you've had to eat a lot of crap and bite your lip in the last year. And I want to just give you the opportunity to say whatever you want to say because I felt like I was eating it right there with you. And I got in some fights on your behalf, and I thought, well, Cody's a big boy. He can handle it. But how does it feel? It's hard, well, man. It's not easy. It's not easy for you. Uh, how did you deal with it, man? Because you shut everybody it, up, and you know that. Well, I, I appreciate you. I, you always had my back, and, and I always text you that. That's why I love being a part of your show, because I know you've always fought for me. But, you know, the, the hardest thing last year was uh, just the uncertainty of not knowing and feeling like you gave everything you had to a province, to a team. Uh, and obviously it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. And that was the hardest thing. It was like uh, playing injured and just trying to go out there and, and give everything you got. And the people that were just kind of writing me off. And I felt like I had much better football. And, and I know when I don't play well enough. And I know when I play well enough. And I know last year wasn't my best year. And uh, that there was things I wanted to change and improve on. But you know, I was going into my third year as a starting quarterback. You know, I've been in the league for eight years, but every year I'm just learning so much more and so much more as a starting quarterback. So in terms of that, I'm still very young and, and inexperienced, but 
each game, I learned so much more. But at the end of the day, going into this year, I was just blessed for a second opportunity. And I stated that uh, in training camp was in professional sports, it's not very often you get a second chance or a second opportunity, especially to play. Um, in free agency, a lot of people were offering me, you know, a veteran deal, come in, compete. If not, you'll be a veteran backup. But Coach Moss and Danny believed in me and being a franchise quarterback. And uh, they offered me a two-year deal like I've talked about before. And that shows an investment and a commitment to me and a belief in me. And so uh, I spoke a little bit about this in the Great Cup week. Going into this year, I changed my mentality of going out there and playing for the people that believed in me as opposed to the people that don't believe in me because uh, I exhausted myself just trying to make everybody like me. And at the end of the day, it was uh, very hard to convert everybody into Fajardo fans. So I wanted my play on the field to do the talking. And God's plan is greater than anything I could come up with. And to stand there hoisting the, uh, the cup and having my son Luca in my arms and hearing that I, I won the MVP, you know, like I said, it makes those dark days, those days when you want to retire, the days when you think you should hang them up and nobody's going to want you. It makes it all worth it in the end. It'll bother me all winter if I don't ask you this question. What caused that flip in your mind to, to go from the haters motivating you to your supporters motivating you? What, did somebody help you with that or did you yeah. do it on your own or intuition? You know, I, I felt like, yeah, it was more like exactly intuition. It was something um, I felt like, you know, I got off Twitter this year for the entire season. It was something I haven't done in the past. And just the amount uh, that I was just the negative comments and the things just was weighing on me a lot. And I felt like if I could just clear my headspace and all the people who have my telephone number, the people that text me after games, and, and more importantly, the people that text me after we lose football games that are proud of me, those are the people you want to go out there and play for. And um, there's a lot of fans that uh, I have a lot of respect for now because they've came up to me personally or they reached out to me personally and said, look, I was one of the people that was talking bad about you. And uh, I just want you to know I'm, I'm proud of you and congratulations. And so uh, th those mean a lot. And it takes a lot uh, for you, someone to uh, say that they're wrong and, and to say it to my face. And so that's all I ever wanted was just uh, people to believe in me and uh, to make this league as best as I can and to make Montreal Alouettes the best I can. And so uh, I, I was happy to be standing on that stage. And uh, yeah, there wasn't really a, a, a big you know, aha moment. It was just one of those things I felt like if I wanted to get to where I wanted to go, I, I needed to clear my mind during the season and just uh, focus on the, my inner circle and focus on the people that believe in me most. Well, um, I apologize to the audience. We don't have time to get to your questions. We'll have to bring Cody back once he's got a voice and uh, he's got more time because <laughs> he's a busy guy. But as you know, you mentioned those Ryder fans a lot wrote in to me and you and said can you please pass along to cody that i i love him and i always did and i know those people did i thought it's important for them to know that they always had your back i wasn't the only guy from the 306 that had your back there's a lot of people that did man that love you and that's and, and uh, i should also say yeah go ahead go ahead and, and and that's exactly what i wanted to to state and express and i'm glad you you had me on the show was you know everybody thought that the way things ended in sask you know, that uh, I have this uh, hatred towards Sask. And that's not, that's not it at all. There's a lot of great relationships I've built, built over the course of the years. I was in Sask. A lot of people that I'm very close with. And then hearing from all the fans. Saskatchewan Rough Riders was the first team to ever give me my opportunity. So I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for that organization, if it wasn't for J.O. and Dickie believing in me from the start. It's just unfortunate the way things ended. But that's professional football. And if you don't win games, obviously there's got to be changes to be made. but uh, the amount of Sask Ryder fans that uh, reached out, it was truly 
overwhelming for me and my family and the support and just hearing people reach out. I, I know that there's still a lot of family. Like I said, we'll forever be tied to the heartland of staff because of our Sunday. We still got a lot of love in province and the city of Regina for the Saskatchewan as a whole. Love to hear it, and uh, we could go on all day, but I'll let you go. I want you to look up the definition, the translation in French of repeat, because that's what's <laughs> next. Not to put any pressure on you. Go enjoy this, Cody. I know you will, but that's what's next. So happy holidays. Enjoy, uh, enjoy it, man, and keep in touch. Thank you for having me on the show. Happy holidays. And that's the standard, right? If you want to be uh, in touch with the greatest of time, you got to be consistent. And so we got a young team in Montreal, and I'm extremely excited to be back to work. I'm enjoying this one, but uh, I appreciate you, like always. Thank you, sir. Keep in touch. Great Cup MVP and champion, Cody Fajardo. And we'll look up on the break the death translation of repeat. You'd think I'd know it. We'll be right back on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They're telling me it's a quick one here. Ah, oh, boy. Got all these new viewers, and I we got we to gotta tell you, get the comments in early so I can read them to Cody when he's with us. And I should have had him on for longer. Arnold writes in from Saskatoon and says, Congratulations, Cody. You made the right move to join the Alouettes. Been cheering for Montreal since 1976. Stick around, Cody. You will win more cups. I am from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, says Arnold Zazula. Saskatchewan? Uh, from John Ohm. Um, he says the French translation of repeat is, is repete. Am I saying that right? Nelson says RP's trying to shove Cody out the door to get to break, and he just kept going. Love it. LOL. Yeah, we got to give Cody his own show, I think. Repete. Jackie in Lethbridge writes in and says, nothing but respect for Cody. Did you say one minute, Clark? I apologize. Uh, ah, the Frank Reich era, sports update. The Frank Reich era is over in Carolina after just 11 games. The Panthers fired their coach today following the team's 1-10 start in his first year at the helm. The Calgary Flames are home tonight to the Vegas Golden Knights. They are opening a, what is it, six-game homestand? They went 2-2 two and two on the road. Ottawa Senators welcome the Florida Panthers to Canadian Tire Center tonight. Sens coming off a 5-3 loss to the Islanders on Friday. Week 12 of the NFL season wraps up tonight with the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Chicago Bears. 
Sports Update is brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. They know the best beer is the one that's earned. And for Landmark Cinemas, in Landmark Cinemas now, Five Nights at Freddy's. Can you survive Five Nights? The terrifying horror game phenomenon becomes a blood-chilling cinematic event as producer Blumhouse brings Five Nights at Freddy's to the big screen. Hour 2 coming up right after this brief pause on Game Plus and Key Radio.